We are two badass spiritual gangster real estate entrepreneurs manifesting our best authentic lives and spreading the good word. You're listening to Manifesting with Morgan and Madeline. So, um, welcome to Manifesting with Morgan and Madeline. Yeah, this is hey y'all. This is our first podcast ever, and um, my friend Madeline and I decided to get together to join forces to kind of talk about the things that we're passionate about. We've both been very blessed with our careers and um, just just the way that our lives have have gone thus far. So. We both felt called to sh- spread the good word. So. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is something that we've probably been talking about for a really long time, right? Like, we we have these conversations, and today, you know, we're just bringing it to you guys and making it a reality. So we're excited to be here. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm like, I'm actually really pumped. <laughs> for sure. I am very nervous. I yeah. do not like being on camera or being recorded, but fortunately, the... Uh, fear of the discomfort I will experience during this process is overcome by the deep desire to do it. Yeah. I think that um, the podcast is a calling for me because it is exactly what I need right now to expand to the next level, uh, overcoming my fear of public speaking and just being seen in general. This is a great way to kind of test the water. There's no pressure and I'm, I am very excited about it at the end of the day, so I'm yeah. glad to be doing this with you. And um, Me too, me too. Yeah, um, so let's talk about kind of what the purpose of this podcast okay. is. And I know Madeline and I are kind of uh, complimentary personalities. She's more of a flow, free spirit, fly by the seat of your pants, whereas I'm a little more structured and organized. So I'd actually been writing this um, outline for a podcast since probably March of 2020 and now we're sitting in April of 21 yeah. and it's finally becoming a reality but that's just the kind of person I am so when I reached out to her and I said I have this idea this is the outline she's like okay let's go let's do it and yeah. so it's like we're gonna have a little bit of structure and a little bit of free-flowing um, but each week I'd like to present a subject that I find important in manifesting your best life and so we'll be discussing a, a topic that we both believe is important to have a full understanding of. And we'll also be discussing our experiences with this topic. And then um, we'll also be presenting someone who has been um, challenged by COVID or lockdown or all the happenings of 2020. And we're going to be presenting each week some kind of, kind of story of somebody's success and kind of making the best of the cards they were dealt uh, during the global pandemic when everyone in the world was challenged in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. I, I mean, I think when you presented this to me originally, it it spoke to me because any time in life when we're presented with something, right, especially when it's really hard, we have these options, right? Like, where is this going to take me? Where, where can I go from here? Which road can I take? And... The fact that you chose to allow the events in our country and in our world and in, in this year and last year to prompt you to write this incredible, y'all, this outline's incredible. You're going to love every episode. It's amazing. Um, and, and then the fact that we just want to share our stories and then have other people share theirs as well and, you know, offer some encouragement um, that when these things happen in life, you know, we have choices, and from those choices can come really amazing things. It, it can be kind of shitty. Can I say that? Yeah, for it sure. It can be kind of shitty too, you know, but sometimes through that even even better things happen. And, and the, the point is we keep going, right? We're here. We don't stop. And you're living your life at this moment in this fear of this public speaking and being seen. And, and here we are, right? So yes. that's the point. And um, hopefully we can... We can just talk about that and relate to y'all and, you know, you guys can relate to us and we can go from there. Yeah. I yeah. mean, this is this is the real deal. Madeline and I are it's not sitting in a high tower <laughs> like, with our millions of dollars yet um, telling you people down there how, how to get up here with us. Like we are. I'm nervous right now, but I'm called to do this. So I'm doing it. This yeah. is real life. This is how you are creating 
magnetism for yourself to manifest more. You don't manifest staying comfortable and small and scared. You do it by doing the thing that you're called to do, even though it scares the crap out of you. And here you go. Here we are. Yeah, we're (laughs) we're in real time doing that at this moment. So we're literally like in the field, on the ground, like hit the ground running, just, just going for it. Yep. So... I mean, I'm ready. Yep. Yeah. You feeling better? Of course. Good. Good. <laughs> so I, um, the first thing I wanted to do is just kind of have each of us introduce ourselves. Okay. And I would love to kind of hear your manifesting journey. And you can mm. start from childhood or whenever you discovered self-development, whatever you think is right for your story to present to the world. Because I've known Madeline since 2002. When was Lena born? 14. 14. Yeah. And um, our paths have kind of crossed over. Um, we'll we'll lose, lose touch for a year or two, and yeah. then we'll reconnect. And then it's just been incredible to watch this queen. I've Since the day I met you, I've thought you were a queen. And, and our journeys, we've gone apart, and then we've come back together. But I feel like we're in the same place, and it's so freaking cool to yeah. see somebody who I thought was cool when we first met just grow and evolve and then also stay on the same place course as me I mean it's it's rare you know yeah it's there's a the word that comes to me is parallel we we really parallel one another and and sometimes those lines intersect and and it's awesome like right now but even when we're apart it definitely and I I feel this way this is a huge part of why we're doing this is because I feel that this happens all the time right like with the right people the right opportunities right situations you get this overwhelming sense of parallels that have been, un, you know, behind the scenes the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then when they intersect, it's cosmic. It's like, wow, like what? Like what just happened? So that's definitely our story. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm getting goosebumps right Me now. Like this I didn't is, want to say but it, this but is the, this is This is what uh, uh, co-creating with the universe looks like. It's it when you notice these these kismet of uh, synchronistic moments and you don't take them for granted you recognize yeah. like this is we're feeling this kind of way for a reason and this mm-hmm. is this is what we were put on this earth to feel is, is it, it's a channeling yeah. you know and and I know you know but maybe we'll talk about it a little for those who who may have never put it in words or may have never heard it or or, or want to say it but I'll say it it feels like a channeling it feels really like an opening to the universe and just, or, or God or, you know, whomever, however you identify your source, your creative source. Um, but you're opening your life to that with trust. And you're, you know, you're here to accept that and to open that, yeah. right? And yeah. to channel that. And that's what this is. Yes. And and then we, we feel the earth and the universe in us, right? And then we recognize it in other people. So it's, it's really just all a, a good day's work for... The God in all of us, if you will, right? Yes. The air quote, God in all yes. of us. Right? And I, yes. And yeah. having the opportunity to bring that out in another person, like there's nothing better in this life there's, to me. There's not. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're using this opportunity to, to, to reach ourselves through other people and reach other people through ourselves. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll start if you want yes, me to I'd with love... the, the story. Okay. So this is also going to be my first time hearing her her testimony yeah. of, of who she is and how her manifestation journey. So I'm excited. Uh, well, I, I tell you, I probably should have prepared. I didn't. So I'm just going to kind of go with what's coming to me. Um, you know, I'll say from a very young age, and maybe people can identify with this, that you, you know when you can feel things that you don't understand, right? So you start to feel these things, the depth of these things, and you're like, man, what is this? You know, what is this thing? Why do I have that dream? Uh, why am I meeting these people? Why do I feel like I've been here before? Why, um, you know, and you, you don't really understand it, maybe, right? Um, but then you start to realize that, so I was raised in a very, very um, yin and yang environment, okay? So things were really, really good or they were really, really bad. Mm-hmm. And it kind of ebbed and flowed at the drop of a hat at any moment. So it was really sort of a kickstand on my bicycle. I'm like, all right, put the kickstand down or take off, right? Mm -hmm. And um, for me, I had to learn how to just, that's probably why I'm quick on my feet. Like I had to learn how to be very quick on my feet. Like who's going to be in what mood and how's that going to happen? So 
for me, I started to realize that the only person I had was myself. Yep. Right? Yes. And not in a, like, victim way or shaming way or not not in a way that I felt upset or angry per se, but, but in a way that I felt like I needed to explore, right? And everything came with that. Um, so I, I would say that starting around the time that I realized that schooling, the traditional schooling, was really not a, a path for me, um, I started to say, I'm going to go get my real estate license. I did it like right out of high school. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go do this thing. And this is going to be what happens. And so for me, I don't know if you knew that, but for me, my life has been kind of like a series of lily pads. Like little unfoldings. Little unfoldings. Yes, exactly. I feel the same way. And I might have taken two or three steps in one direction, stopped, Mm -hmm. shifted gears, went to another place, taken two or three steps there, stopped. And what's happened now is all of those sort of, uh, places that I've invested have come together. Yes. So I got my real estate license very early and I didn't know what to do with it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't know. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, but my parents, my mom is a huge source of inspiration for me. Um, they had rental property. Mm -hmm. Uh, they worked with section eight and, they were always just doing something, you know, they were like, we got to go do this thing. We got to fix this floor. We got to do this thing. And I'm like, okay, cool. And you know, (laughs) these are people, these are, we're blue collar, very low to middle class. Yeah. Right. Upbringing. I want to stress that very low middle class upbringing. And, um, but they were doing it and they didn't have any, you know, they, nobody was going to tell my mom or my, my stepdad, like they couldn't do something. They're like, yes, we can. So for me to see that, um, was awesome. And yeah. that helped me a lot. So I went to get my real estate license, didn't know what to do with it, sort of flowed through another chapter in life, uh, ended up going to school to teach yoga. Oh. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and did a couple things in between. Um, but, but the main thing that led me to understanding how to manifest is to follow a calling. So you said that. So I followed many, many callings that I heard. I heard stirrings in my soul many, many times. Hey, you need to get out in nature. I moved to Alaska. What? Yeah. Good grief. (laughs) Right. I was, I was in a program called AmeriCorps. We we lived in a tent. We like backpacked. It was wonderful and horrible. That's a whole nother day. But, but the, the callings were there, you know, and I was like, mm-hmm. and, you know, these people call and they interview me and they're like, hey, so tell us about your experience with camping. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm a pro- never camped in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a pro. I went oh to Alaska and, you know, lived in a tent. But, but it was the following. It was the listening. So I guess where it has gotten me to this point is it has built trust. Mm-hmm. So all the lily pads, all the investments, all of the times that I started and I stopped, it was usually because I didn't believe in myself. Mm-hmm. I started believing in myself and then I got afraid Yep. or I felt unprepared or I didn't feel like I was good enough or I didn't have the proper credentials mm-hmm. or, you know, X, Y, Z, like we can fill in the blanks here. And so every time that I hit these places that I was about to just really break through, there was a halt. Yes. And so right around the time I met you, I'll fast forward. Um, I had I had gone to, to yoga teacher training. I had decided I wanted to teach yoga. I found out the news that I was going to be a mom, which was not planned, but incredible news, right? So my tra- the trajectory of my life changed again, and I said, I've got to use that real estate license that I got so long ago. Oh. Yeah, like I've got to use it. I mean, I had, I had been in contact with people about real estate in – Certain ways. Yeah. But I had never used it, like, on a commission structure. I had never done my own thing with it. I had kind of used it through other companies and just here and there. But I was like, no, I need to do this. Um, And what happened that I think put me or propelled me is when that little person came, I was like, okay, well, no more bullshitting, right? Uh This this is real. And I don't have a choice to, to, to quit. Yep. Again, there's mm-hmm. no more quitting. Yes. Th- this this was the last quit of my life. Yes. And from that moment forward, I knew that there would be no more quitting. And so since I have gotten very comfortable with failure, mm-hmm. 
I've learned that anything is possible. Yes. Because I'm not afraid to fail anymore. Yeah. And I and my younger, you know, not that we're we're very young still, but in my very younger life, I was I was afraid. I was afraid to be seen as a fuck up or a failure or, you know, and the reality was it was just me feeling that way, you know? Yeah, and, for sure. And uh, I don't feel that way anymore. Now I'm like, give it to mama. Yes. So I don't know if that answers your questions about my manifesting journey, but that's that's kind of a little background. So what what have you done since Adelina, uh, that's her daughter's name, yeah. <laughs> uh, since then to kind of like water your garden and, and mm-hmm. nourish yourself? Like have mm-hmm. you, did you start taking classes? Have you read mm-hmm. books? Like what mm-hmm. what's your approach to yep. fueling yeah. the journey? I guess now once you recognize that this was something that you needed to uh, kind of get power of your life and mm-hmm. be in control and start mm-hmm. uh, manifesting what you wanted. How did how did you start to approach that? Okay. Yep. So, this is where you're gonna you're gonna love. She's gonna love this because we're so different. Um, <laughs> and this is what this is. We actually talked a little bit about this, but manifesting for for me, fueling. Yes. Watering the garden. There was not a one-size-fits-all approach, and I realized I was approaching my life previous to this that way, and that didn't work for me. Yeah. So, so for me, I started with myself. Yes. Number one, first and foremost, I started to realize that all of those feelings from childhood, all of those things that had come through were just little nudges and little confirmations that the only person I can control is myself. Mm-hmm. So I started to work on codependency in my relationships. I started to, I read Codependent No More. Highly recommend that book, just All so right. you know. Um, it, it, that, book, that book touches on addiction as well. Um, so yes. you, can, you can kind of remove that if that's not something that you're dealing with, but you can still feel the underlying, the reality of how much of our lives' reaction comes from the expectations we've created in our mind that other people have of us. Yes. So I started with releasing codependency. Gotcha. And I did self-work with that. I started um, taking better care of my body. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started to make sure that I knew what I needed there and not over or underdoing things, right? And this is still a struggle today. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to lie about that. Um, these are all things that have to be constantly, re- I have to remind myself of these things all the time. Yes. Um, I, I started to be very mindful of who was around me. These were kind of the steps that I took. So I started working on myself. I read codependent no more. I started to realize the people that were around me. What, what did they stand for? What, what did we do when we were together? What did they talk about? What did they want for their lives? Um, did they have children? Did they not have children? What were their, um, what were the tools that they used yep. to handle life's curveballs? And I started to realize I needed to, to work a lot harder <laughs> on, on myself, you yep. know? I just wasn't anywhere close to where I wanted to be. Um, so I read, I, I also... I also had to, and this is something I'm not sure if you want us to talk about, but I had to really examine my relationship with alcohol. Mm-hmm. I know you know that a little. I had to really, really look at that because for me, that was that was a huge thing. That was a, a blockage in yes. my yep. in my energy flow. Um, so I read a lot of books about that. I read um, Annie Grace. I read Holly Whitaker, uh, um, This Naked Mind, and um, Quit Like a Woman. I read those two books. Those are fantastic books, again, that I recommend. Even if you don't have an issue with any type of addiction, it's just you can you can substitute the addiction for anything that is, is holding you back. Yes, yes. Right? Mm-hmm. I read um, Glennon Doyle, Untamed. I read Love Warrior. Um, those, those books were very, very helpful for me. And um, I started to create boundaries, and I wouldn't let certain people in my life anymore. And with work, I did the same thing. Mm-hmm. 
I started very, very slow. I started making $12 an hour as someone's assistant, and they would pay me 25% of the sale Mm -hmm. on top of the $12 an hour. And so I learned the ropes that way. I was like, okay, how does this work? But I mean, I was, I was on food stamps. I mean, I was making (laughs) minimum weight. I mean, if that, right. Yep. Um, so Adelina and I, you know, she was on Medicaid. I was on food stamps. I was working my butt off, but I was learning. Right. And I was under this conglomerate, this large uh, real estate umbrella. And I was an assistant to a team leader. Well, from that point, I realized I got to move up. Mm -hmm. So then I moved from assistant I told them, I said, thank you so much. I want to be on the team as an independent agent. So then I was under a team, and that changed where I made 60 or 65%, but no hourly anymore. Okay. From that point, it it was very scary. It was very, very scary. And then from that point, I went to another company that gave me more freedom, and I was no longer under a team, just completely on my own, and I was making 80% at that point. Scary again, but I'm like, okay, I got this. Yes. And then that leads to 2020 when I started Solterra, and now I'm my own broker in charge. I own my own firm, and I'm, I bring home 100% of, of my earnings, and um, this all happened over the course of six years. So it was about a three-year sort of average of leaps, right? Gotcha. Uh, so about every three years, I felt like it was time to move forward. Yes. Um, probably tons of other stuff, too, in between, but... I started reading books, the music. I started to understand anything that I was listening to, watching, hearing, talking about was all my diet. Yes. I was taking all that in. Yes. And I started to realize when I'm sitting around with friends, like, are we talking about people? Are we talking about ideas? Mm-hmm. Are we talking about events? Is this feeding your soul or is it taking it, from you? Exactly. Am, am I energized or am I drained by this? And I would say that's like a really, really easy place to start. Yes. Just ask yourself those questions. So what gave you the courage to start setting boundaries from the start? Because I know, you know, somebody like us where it's yeah. we're scared children, you know, going yeah. out and becoming adults. I, setting boundaries is, is difficult at first. Like what... What was it that kind of pushed you over the edge to take the leap of faith to start building walls that were necessary? I, you know, I, I feel like I'm lucky because it was Adelina. Yes. It, it was a protection mm-hmm. that was always in me and I had used for myself, like I said, many other times. But I was only able to get to 30 or 40 percent with myself. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get to 100% with myself. So it was the love of your child first that taught you to love yourself enough to protect both of you. It was because she made me look at myself. She made me understand when I started to think, what do I want for her? What's best for her? And I had these conversations with other parents and I started to realize, well, how can I, how can I preach If I'm not the choir, you know, how how can I, I have to, I have to embody and live. I can't tell her, don't say this and then turn around and say it. I can't say, don't do this and then turn around and do it. So I had to just really work on uh, myself for her. And and I realized that, you know, when I was, and, and I think that's a recurring theme in my life as well. I can look back and I fought for so many people, but when it came to fighting for myself, again, I, I couldn't get to that 100%. Yes. I was always able to fight for someone else. Mm-hmm. There was never a question. If yes. it was some, someone I cared about or someone I loved, I was going I was going for it. Um, but when Adelina came, it it flipped the, the switch that I realized that I have to lead by example. Yeah. And there was there was no option. I, I don't know how else to say it than it was a switch. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. There was no other option. And I thought, if this little human is going to feel comfortable and confident in this life. She has to have a comfortable and confident mom, you yeah. know? And um, we've just been kind of growing together ever since, you know? Mm-hmm. So what about you? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that was a lot of me talking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm really enjoying getting to know you, friend. Yeah, I, know. Um, I guess for me, I, um, I grew up in a, a weird arrangement of my parents had me super young and I had um I was blessed with having two sets of very young grandparents Mm -hmm. so um 
and from zero to four, I was passed around between my parents and then my mom's parents and my dad's parents. Okay. And then when I was four and a half, five, we moved from West Virginia to South Carolina, and I went from having this tribe mm. to just my young parents who were trying to get by and yep. just children themselves, more or less. Yeah. And and so I, I just developed deep, abandonment issues from that and mm-hmm. I can trace it back like over and over again to like having not only get passed between three families every week which kind of like hurts you know yeah. but then to just leave everybody all of a sudden and move four or five hours away mm-hmm. um so then when I got to South Carolina um uh, my family started having issues I'm not going to disclose anything but my whole world kind of got turned upside down. I had a, my sister was born when I was eight, and at the same time, some some heavy stuff was happening and mm-hmm. with my parents, and so it was just an abrupt end to a childhood at age eight. Yeah. And um, my uh, dad ended up relocating to North Carolina, and out, right outside of Charlotte, an hour north in Statesville is where we landed, and um, I just felt. I mean, I was 10 years old when we moved to North Carolina, and I just felt like a space alien. Like, I did not fit in this world anywhere. And I moved to a country club, and it was all these, like, little housewives. Yeah, so I I went from being born in southern West Virginia, my first house was a trailer, to fast forward to age 10, we're in a country club, and my dad's crushing it with work, my mom's doing well, and um, I've got a little sister that I can't stand. Uh, <laughs> but I just, I just, I, I, oh, I don't know, I can't explain it. I mean, just the small, moving to a small town alone as an outsider in the South is, oh, is not easy. Yeah. But then the country club life and going to a small private school, it was all like, I just did not fit into this world. And the only solace that I had is my neighbor's, a couple of houses down, there was a daughter that was a year older than me and a son a year younger, and they would take me to all their church functions. And I, I, I wasn't not raised Christian, but I wasn't also like it wasn't like something that was force fed to me yeah. at all. Yeah. And I, I got to go to church and have this family of people who mm-hmm. didn't know who I was. These sweet little old ladies that all like yeah. learn who I was quickly, and yeah. and this just warm embrace of that that small church community and then my parents started going through a divorce in middle school and I I I had my little church tribe and that's crazy to for me to like look back because I've never felt like one of those church people but I literally had to go because of the community because my family was falling apart I'd been taken away from my grandparents and yeah so that's all I had and and then once I got to high school the bottom fell out. I went to a high school that was hard as nails my freshman year, yeah. and I got bullied a lot. I mean, bad. Which, which school? Statesville yeah. High School. See, these are crazy parallels, too. I don't know that we've even... I, so my my family, I was with my mom in Charlotte, and I was with my dad in Statesville Yeah, my whole life. Yeah. So I know. It's weird. It's so <laughs> That's weird. That's why I'm like, I still get sta- <laughs> so in Statesville you understand. High. I know. I know it. I mean, I, I had to eat my, my lunches in the cafeteria, like, uh, in the bathroom. Of, there's a lot of tension at that, you know, in, in these small towns, public schools like that. And, and that yes. creates a lot of pressure. Yes. Yeah. I feel yeah. you. I know. Especially, I was very mature looking, yep. but I was terrified on the inside. Sure. So that also attracted a lot of bad energy. I yeah. mean, yeah. getting bullied by the kids that are in my grade for one reason and then the senior girls because they're jealous of me and then all this other stuff in between and I'm just the weirdest kid in the world I used to carry a Spongebob book bag to school like (laughs) I mean I just I've always been shamelessly myself shamefully myself and Uh and I guess like a big part of my journey was becoming shamelessly myself because I've always had to be me like I can't help it like I can't stand myself if I'm not true to myself yeah but it's always had a lot of shame and pain involved absolutely yes so like that's a big motivator only way 
Yes. Yeah. I've, I've, and I'm so thankful. Way. I'm so yeah. thankful that like I could not sleep at night. If I'm called to do something and I'm not making an effort towards it, mm-hmm. I can't sleep at night. But then now I know back in high school when I had to take sleep aids as a freaking 14 year old, like mm-hmm. that's probably why. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> why. But in the meantime, see, these are the, th- these are the things that when you're asking like what leads to, to the journey and, or, or what, what fuels, what, where does the go- the garden get watered? Yes, right? the, these things are so important. Like these small things that you're like, we think that they're small. Like, oh well, I had to wear my SpongeBob Bob backpack. Yes, <laughs> but that's it though. That's what I'm telling. Like, yeah, that thing right there. That that thing that may feel and seem so tiny is exactly what the thing is. It's me being my authentic self, that just is, against all odds. That's the thing. Yep. And there are times I know in life that 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 works against us per se, and times that it works for us. But I know what you're saying is it never worked for you for until maybe now. <laughs> until I accepted it. Yeah. <laughs> I had, but I had to figure out where the source of shame was yeah. to and to rewrite the narrative. Yep. And so I that's been my dedication um, for the past few years. But I'll, I'll I'll get to there. I guess I'm just gonna kind of go in yeah. chronologically. So I guess in high school I I was. I finally tried to reclaim a little bit of my power. I um, moved from Statesville to Matthews, Mm -hmm. and that was such a culture shock. I went from, like, gang fights in the hallways to uh, where the cool kids at the school were leaders of the youth groups. And I don't know. Anyway, so I'm like... Thinking, this was when Mean Girls came out too. Yeah, so yeah. I'm thinking I'm going to be Lindsay Lohan at this <laughs> new school and I'm going to get to like reinvent myself and I'm not going to get bullied and all this stuff. Well, I was very it, wrong. It happened. They, <laughs> there were so many rumors started about me. I didn't I didn't have any friends my first year at Butler. Yeah. And it was just so devastating because I thought I was going to have a chance to reinvent myself. Yeah. But I did meet a girl in debate class uh-huh. who had a killer voice okay. and we started a band. Nice. And there we go. We ended up uh, like doing a few recordings and and booking shows and mm-hmm. selling mixtapes and I didn't really have like a lot of confidence in what I was doing, but it was so fun to mm-hmm. collaborate with someone and have that chemistry and to not feel like a dork for a minute. <laughs> like I remember I was like so starstruck. I was at Myrtle Beach and some guy walked up to me and recognized me from my MySpace. Oh, uh, that's awesome. And I was like, oh yeah, we've made it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, but anyway, so yeah, I guess like high school, I was just uncomfortable more or less. And then I get to college and all of a sudden I can be whoever I want to be. Yeah, and yeah. I, I got out of my mom's house. I accidentally lost 15 pounds instead of gaining it going to college because mm-hmm. I quit being miserable and eating my feelings at home because all of a sudden I had freedom. Yeah. And so I didn't have to, like, numb my misery by overeating. Yeah. And or so, eat your shame. I mean, yeah, exactly, exactly. Literally, yeah, I get it. So I jumped from the nest and started to um, really kind of find my – personal style and my identity. I went to college for art, and um, despite my family's uh, (laughs) wishes, I I knew I was going to go to school for, um, I would eventually go to grad school, so I figured I would do art because it's something I like, and and then buy some time to figure out what I get a master's degree in that would make me some money. Right. So on that path in um, art school, I actually kind of hit a rock bottom, and I realized it was just a lot of um, unresolved issues, and so I checked myself into rehab when I was 22, and I got sober from alcohol, and I mean, honestly, I don't know if it was even the problem, but I knew when I drank, like, I would cry and be a hot mess, but really, the reason I checked into rehab was because I hated myself, I, I hadn't no tools. I, I remember like spending a year of my life just fantasizing about being dead and that was my happy place. And yeah. I didn't really think about how I would do it. I just remember thinking about how nice it would be to just not be alive anymore. Yeah. And that scared the shit out of me. Yeah. So I was like, well, I guess I could go to rehab. I don't know. I mean, I was dealing you know, with eating disorders. I definitely didn't have the best relationship with any substances. Yeah. So yep. I went and got sober for a few years in my 20s, early 20s. I learned a lot of tools in AA and recovery mm-hmm. and Al-Anon and all that stuff right. that 
I still carry with me today. Absolutely. So, so that was kind of the start. And yep. I think when we met at, um, we were working at a self-defense school, Madeline and I, yeah. that's where we met. <laughs> I think I was still sober then. When Or no, or maybe I just kind of decided that being uh, sober wasn't necessary anymore. But mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely got that job. That was my first job when I was sober and I did not know which way was up and I was still getting to know myself and what a great place to be. I mean, it was. Yeah, it was a very safe place to kind of start to to rewrite my narrative and, yeah. and become not a savage beast that's just surviving in life. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean... And, gosh, it's so. It, I know we know these things. I know we've we've mentioned and talked about these things before, um, in in pieces. But to hear it out loud, it's just so many light bulbs are going off for me, and like connections that I'm making that maybe I didn't know what the thing was, but I knew it was a thing. Yeah. And now it all, you know, it it's going to continue to unfold. I hope that we can share more of our stories over like the course of our of our um, shows, but. It, it's so important for, for me to hear and maybe other people to hear all of those things. Yeah, for sure. I mean, all of those emotions, all of those feelings. And I know that there's a huge generational gap between like the way we were, because we were, we are that generation that happened, you know, millennials, right? Yeah. I mean, so we, we happen right into the shift in the world with social media we happened where we had it, we didn't have it, and then we did have it. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's like 21 Jump Street. Have you seen that movie? Yes, yes. Like, we kind of grew up the first time around. Oh, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. Like, the, when they went to high school the first time around, that's how it was for us. Yes. You know? And then we get to, like, the college years, and then it's the second time around, you know, when they go back, and it's like, this world is amazing. There are people out here who are open to talking about this stuff. There's people who who accept us for, for these things. And all of a sudden, you know, you said MySpace, uh, Facebook, Instagram starts to open. The, it broadens our ability to connect with other people. And then all of a sudden, for me, I'm like, I've never been alone. Yeah. I've always felt alone, but I've never been alone. And and I think when you ask, like, what helped propel, I think that was also part of it for me. Protecting Adelina, but then also the support of strangers. Yeah. And not that I got that through social media directly, but the idea that I could be gay or fat or anything. Yeah. Right. Not that I am, but if I could, I, I could if I want. Yeah. And, and there's a community for me. Yes. There's a tribe for me. Yes. There's support for me. And um, and I think that also helped that universal shift, that energetic shift in the world. Yeah, the, I mean that gives you power. It like, get, yeah, when it, you when you yeah. recognize the resources you have, yeah, and, exactly, and you know, like that's always there. Yep. It gives you safety to to be brave, to have power, to keep going and pursuing what it is that you're trying to achieve. Yeah, and I don't know if you felt this way, but there were many, many times in my life that like mantras would come to me before I even knew what a mantra was, and oh, one yeah. of them was the answers are within you. And I didn't even know what that, I was like, what does that even mean? You know, I'm like, no, no, they're not. If they were, I wouldn't have the questions. (laughs) Um, But like to share, to share that you hit a rock bottom, sounds like multiple times. Oh my gosh. Throughout your life is huge. And I think it's so important for people to know the reality, the real, that shit is real. You don't want to wake up. You don't want to get up. You don't want to go do the things. You feel like shit all the time. And then you know? life kicks your ass until you figure it out. That's or exactly what happens. Or you hit a rock bottom. You don't figure it out. You kind of get back on your feet and are able to coast along. But then the next time life kicks your ass, it's even worse. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the 30 to 40% that I was telling you. It's like I would get there and then I would stop and life would kick my ass again and I'd start over. Yep. Or, or I thought I would be starting over. But what I realized is I was really building a foundation this whole time, you know, with all these trials, with all these lessons. Yeah. Every time I faced some some sort of adversity, some sort of issue, and, you know, those things were preparing me over and over and over and over until I was like, oh. <laughs> ah, yeah. Oh, wait. Huh. Oh, there are ways so to this not. The same lesson keeps coming to me yeah. over and over, maybe in different ways, but it keeps coming and keeps coming. So you say, what did you do? Like, what are the action steps? Like, well, I started to listen to that. Yes. Yeah. I was like, oh, so I keep dating the same man. 
you know, same yes. kind of man, yep. right? I keep, you know, taking the same kind of job, having the same kind of money issues, mm-hmm. you know, all the things. And, um, yeah, so I'm really, really thankful that you shared how low you felt. Oh, my gosh. Well, that isn't the the worst. Well, just <gasps> even in an introduction, you know, yeah. in an introduction to, to just let people know, like, where you're coming from and where you came from and, and – Obviously, we can dive into that. But yeah, I think I think there was like one more. So I got sober in my early twenties, and then I was like, okay, the the discomfort of being a sober twenty four year old oh, is it's is, is outweighing <laughs> just trying to figure out how to drink responsibly. And yeah. so I made a pact with myself then that I I want this luxury, and it mm-hmm. is a luxury. And yeah. if I don't have a good uh, relationship with it, then I'm not affording it to myself. Yeah. And so I keep myself in check. I keep people in my life who I, who I respect to mm-hmm. also keep me accountable. Right. And I, I feel comfortable with all of my relationship with alcohol. But I, um, I definitely, I've always thought I have it all figured out when I didn't. Oh, me too. And Hands I would down. just, <laughs> I would just kind of like be a bull in a china cabinet. And I ended up, um, Going, going to undergrad, finishing my art degree, going and getting my master's degree in something in analytics and real estate related, mm-hmm. GIS, blah, blah, blah. I was, yep. I was learning how to advise business on where to locate, looking at patterns and trends in cities and blah, blah, blah. But that led me to learn about real estate. Yeah. So I and, was... And we worked together a little during that time, Oh, too, yeah. So Ma- I was Madeline's assistant um, for a little bit, and she also helped me buy a house with my first fiance. And... Uh, <laughs> Um, yes. <laughs> so we kind of connected then a little bit as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm doing great. I got a graduate, a master's degree. I'm buying a house. I'm engaged, all this stuff. And then it just didn't, I just, it didn't work. Yeah. It just, nothing felt right. And I knew I was just like checking boxes, but yeah. none of it was my truth at all. I, right. The only reason I got this master's degree is so that my family would be proud of me and so I could get a job that would be a nine to five yep. and get the benefits yep. and do all the things that are absolutely not in alignment with my truth at all. Right. And so I went, I couldn't find a job for months and months and months. Mm-hmm. And then I went to visit a friend in California yeah. and ended up Oh, I, I can't get a job with my master's degree and my relation, my engagement's not working out. I'm going to go move to Cali and just leave all my problems behind. Yep. So yep. I did that. I think we, we both did that oh, a few yeah. times, you know. Like, sure, let's just pick up and move literally across the country. Yeah, not, doesn't solve your problems. Where you go, there you'll be. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, taking those steps to explore were imperative. Well, and it, that was the fast track to the biggest rock bottom I will hopefully ever have because I ended up getting in a bad relationship, got the brake speed off of me. My mom had to come find me in Northern California, take me to the hospital. It was insane. But unfortunately, that's what it took for me to realize, like, I am not living up to my full potential at all. The way I felt every day was was still this, like, self-hate and despair. and Mm -hmm. And I knew I wasn't put on this earth to feel that way, but I wasn't brave enough to make a change or the changes I would make were just like half-acid band-aids. Yep. Yep. And I, I like what you're, I, I, I don't like that you're not brave enough because I don't find that that that's not true. I feel like we didn't have the tools. Exactly. You're right. It, it wasn't a lack of bravery. Yeah. It was a lack of resources. Yes. Yes. You know, I, I think, I just think it's important that we. No, I appreciate it. Yes. That. You're okay? right. That you're you right. acknowledge that because. Um, we don't want to tell ourselves that narrative, you know, we don't want to create that because it's not true. Yes. Um, but I, I t- but I know what you mean and I, and I know how you felt yes. and that's probably what you told yourself yes. and that's how you felt because, you know, yep. we, we had probably been taught to, to do that to ourselves. you know, don't take up space. Don't be big. Don't be shiny. Don't be anything, you know, be small. Right. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, I get it. So the only way to, to deal with that a lot of times is is to to put ourselves down. Yes. You know? Yep. Good old Southern upbringing. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so then that happened, and it was like, okay, I cannot keep slacking in life. Like, I know I'm put on this earth to do something. I'm not – I wasn't handed all of this hardship for no reason. Like, right. there was a purpose – for these weird, terrible things that have happened through my life, and I'm being refined for something. I've always felt that way. And so I just started um, applying for jobs. This was, like, 
Um, I started learning about law of attraction. I started reading all the books about all the like spiritual self-development manifesting. And I started with the basics, like the OG stuff. And then uh-huh. I started like Eckhart Tolle and all. And yep. yeah, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but well, what, what were your kind of two or three, do you feel like two or three books kind of stood out more than the others in your very early journey of, maybe um, that you could. So think and grow rich, uh-huh. um, Napoleon Hill. Mm-hmm. And yep. then, um, you are a badass yep. by Jen Sincero. Uh, yeah. And then As a Man Thinketh, and I don't know the author. It uh-huh. was written, I think, in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. But it was a very pivotal foundational book because it was basically the foundation was um, As You Think, So Shall You Be. Right. And so it was Law of Attraction. Like That was right. the first time that that was written in a book where your thoughts create your reality. Let me ask you a question. When you read the books... Did you, what did you feel? Did, what, did did you feel relief? Did you feel terrified? Did you feel like, did you have emotion towards like what was happening in the books? I felt like all of these theories that I had in my head that were kind of like survival in a way. Or on paper. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm heard. And and there's other people that are thinking these same thoughts and I'm not alone. And yes. Yeah, I mean that nothing felt better than those first few years of really consuming that material. Absolutely, I, I ask because um, maybe for people who are listening, like especially people like I have even people in my circle who aren't big readers, right? Yes. Or maybe want to do like an audio book or a podcast. Okay, cool. The thing that we keep coming back to is the feeling. How did it feel when you heard it, when you watched it, when you read it, right? Yes. And I felt the same way. When I picked up those books, I felt, I I, cry, I just cried. Oh, yeah. For just, I cried and I cried. There was this overwhelming sense of relief. Yes. That I felt, I'm not crazy. The things that I've always felt, here they are. Others, there's at least one other human in the world that thinks and feels the way that I think and feel because it's right here on paper. Yes. And that helped build my confidence. Yes. And I think, you know, when you're on a very early journey with this, it's very important to listen to that and to find whatever source that is for you that you connect with in that way, that mm-hmm. you feel heard, you feel seen, you feel in line with, you feel excited by, you feel relieved by. And that's how you know that you're on the right path. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's a great kind of starting point for manifesting is just starting to really listen to your feelings, how your stomach feels, how your chest feels, how you sleep at night. Absolutely. Um, I mean, there's a lot of clues that we're taught to kind of ignore. Mm -hmm. And, that I mean, for me, that was a very important thing was just allowing myself to feel my feelings. And then because that also helped me identify them. I was a bottler. Of course. Yeah. Of course we were. (laughs) Yeah. And, and I say, you know, I I can't speak for you, but I, I know I, in, in certain terms, like I said, the yin and the yang, right? So not, not in all aspects of life, but in many, many aspects of life, a lady was to be seen and not heard, Mm -hmm. you know, and we were, we were to be uh, beautiful Always. Yes. And and our lipstick should be on and our, you know, and we should never look how we feel. Right? Of course not. And and I still kind of believe that just a little bit. (laughs) Still like the hair and I still like all that. But but with that came a numbing. Right. A numbing to the feelings and a, a way to learn to completely ignore yourself. Yes. And, you know, when that's embedded in you from a very young age, it's really, really hard to dig out. Um, and why would you want to face your feelings if they're bad course. and you don't have any tools to even know Absolutely. how to get out of that headspace? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so those books, like you said, that first step, those books and just sort of that moment, that that's the action, right? Reading the book is the action. Like that's I mean, the for first me, step. yeah, that was the first step. And that's a very safe and very small first step. But it it's is. a it's a big one. It's huge. But for me, the the real action for me was figuring out how to implement them. Mm-hmm. Because I'm the kind of person where I'm not going to read a freaking book unless I'm going to squeeze every bit of juice I can out right. of it. Or else it's not worth my time. Yep. I'm very into efficiency. And yep. I don't, I don't like to um, not use every minute uh, 
for whatever its best use would be. And sometimes that's going to be laying around and eating Arby's at 1045 a.m. <laughs> on a Saturday. It uh, really is. <laughs> but if that's, if, if that's intuitive and that's what you need. Yes. It really is. <laughs> this happened the weekend before oh last. Gosh. I had to tell him myself, but I have no shame. Anyway, um, yeah, now I just lost my train of thought. Sorry. Small <laughs> step. You said it was a small step, yeah. a big step, and you're squeezing all the information out. And yeah, I mean, what's the it. point, you know? Yeah. And I feel like that's where a lot of people stop, and that's why I feel called to do this podcast is because – like, it's not just the consuming the material, it's mm-hmm. applying it. And I found some really cool tools that I want to share with the world Absolutely. that can help you kind of skip some of the, the mistakes that I made or mistakes I see my friends make and and really make the most of your time and your efforts to mm-hmm. to claim your power and live your best life. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, unapologetically, uh, without shame, right? And And really just building that confidence to to be okay failing, but to put your efforts towards making these attempts that other people have or, or that are tried and true that we know work. Yes. yes. That we know yes. we know these things work. And you can take it, like, obviously, y'all, we are not some, like, silver spoon-fed, uh, you know, ladies up in here. Like, we are keeping it real with you. So I know that if we've been there and we've done it, that anybody can do it. <laughs> I oh, mean, sure. that is like, <laughs> I know that for, that. that is what I can say as a fact. Yes, yeah, I mean, I've been on, I've lived on every uh, level of the, you know, socioeconomic yeah. sphere. I've, um, I Same. was bullied as a kid in high school. I was not the hot girl at all. I, so now I'm still like, I don't even know what I am, you know? Like, yeah. I, I'm half dork, half bombshell. Yeah. I don't know, well, hey, you know, but I'm okay with way, it. That's the only way to live, you yeah. know, fully yourself, whatever yes. that means, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, the, the thing is, not not that we're only going to encourage, right? I'm not yes. going to bring anyone down. I'm not going to say anything negative about anyone else. But what I will encourage anyone who's listening uh, to understand is that we are doers. Yes. <laughs> we're yes. not we're not just theoretically creating these these ideas. We're out here doing them. Right. We're actually like in the field. Yes. So. I can say anything that I'm going to tell you is straight up and from firsthand experience. So, yes, she's very honest and I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm probably too honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I guess we can conclude our first podcast. Uh, yeah. I, I think um, yeah. next week we will begin to kind of dig into uh, different subjects that we'd like to cover. And we'll be talking about the foundation of manifesting. And that is all about unbecoming. Yeah. So I'm excited. Yeah. Thank y'all for joining us. Yes, thanks for listening.